Hello and welcome to a Belmont Vision special report. I'm Editor-in-Chief Sarah Manninger. The university is hosting its first ever Suicide Prevention and Awareness Week and have lined up a slate of events, including an art exhibit on the main lawn and a walk to raise money and recognition for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Those are just a couple of the programs Belmont has planned to spread the message to students and the entire community that they aren't alone. And today, the Vision is sitting down with Professor Jennifer Duck, who teaches journalism here on campus. Thank you for sitting down to chat. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before coming to Belmont, you spent time covering the White House for ABC, working for Katie Couric, Oprah, and Anderson Cooper. And during your time with Cooper and CNN, you helped produce the Emmy-winning special Finding Hope, Battling America's Suicide Crisis. So tell us a little bit more about what that special covered. Yeah, well, I think it's really important to note that the reason I wanted to do this special is because in my family, um, I had relatives, two relatives um, on different sides of my family who uh, died by suicide. And it is really hard. Um, You know, when you go through this, no one wants to talk about it. Um, And I found that, like, this is happening horribly to, to so many people and it's affecting so many people and we're not talking about it. And that's a big part of the problem. So when I started working with Anderson, he lost his brother. Um, his brother also had died by suicide and we got to talking more and just how important it is to, to really shine light on this so we can help other people because we know what it's like to, to go through this. And these were hard conversations and Anyone who knows the media industry knows that to have a conversation like this on television, it's just not common. You know, this was in 2019. We ended up doing this special. But Anderson and I had been talking about it ever since I started working with him, so for five years. And I had something in my Google Drive. I had just a document on mental health and suicide prevention. And I had this passion that we were going to do this. And there were people at the network saying, um, you know, and some were my friends I'd worked with before, like the ABC News and other places. Um but they were just like, we could never do a special on this topic. Like, are you crazy? This is not something people are going to want to tune into. Um, and I just kind of think like, well, if we don't talk about it here, like who will? Who will understand that? So it was very personal for me. It was very personal for Anderson. And I think that's why it resonated so much. Um, but we also, we were curious and we wanted to know how do we get through this? How do we help people? How do we prevent this? And that's really part of the title, Finding Hope you know, we got to find hope through this darkness. And that's really what we intended to do for a full hour television special. Yeah. And so you had, um, you told Anderson's story as well as the stories of a few of the guests that you had on the special. So tell us about them. Yeah. So, I mean, you're thinking about who's tuning into CNN and, and this is part of, you know, who the guests were, but we actually had David Axelrod, who was um, in, you know, one of President Obama's main campaign architects, and Karl Rove, who was President Bush's, you know, campaign architect. And these are two people who normally would never do anything together. Um, politics can be very competitive, and they were always on opposite sides of the aisle. But the one time they've come together, and they came together on CNN, uh, was to talk about this. They had both lost um, their father and mother, uh, to suicide separately, of course, but they felt it was important to tell their stories. So th- to me, that was really powerful. Anyone who follows politics, you know, Karl Rove had worked at Fox News at that time. 
Um, David Axelrod was a CNN contributor. They were coming on CNN. They were talking about this topic. And it was really powerful just to see them there. But the impetus of this story really stemmed from another personal um, where Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain both died by suicide in the same week. And Anthony Bourdain, of course, had his show on CNN, um, just brilliant, beautiful travel show, uh, culture, arts and culture, just he was he's so magical. Um, and Kate Spade, beloved designer. Um, and it was just so shocking. And it rocked our family, you know, our TV family there. Um, Anderson was very close with Anthony Bourdain as well. And it just felt like this is something, again, we had to talk about and try to understand. And society was really tuning in. But what were they understanding about mental health and about suicide? Um, this is where we came in to just try to get on all the experts, try to talk about it, try to talk through people and let them know, like, you don't have to be silent. There's help out there. Um, and just try to get that message across. Yeah. And so obviously it wasn't, it was just a few years ago, but how, what was the conversation surrounding suicide like at that point? And how do you think it's changed since? This is where the finding hope, that title really comes in. Um, I can just speak for like my own family. We didn't talk about it at all. So this special, when it came out, my whole family came to me and they were like, oh my gosh, Jen, like this, you know, Jenny, Jenny, this was so powerful. And it opened up a lot of conversations in my own family. Um, and that was a beautiful moment. But I also had a, a colleague, you know, call me over the summer and say, I'm really worried about my son. And I knew you did this special. Um, where can I find it? And this is especially did it again in 2019. And he's like, and what would you tell me? Like, how do I help him? Um, so to me, like, that's, that's just the power of storytelling. That's the power of, uh, letting people know, like, we can talk about this topic before it's too late. And that's something we saw in the special as well. Um, one of the, you know, the feedback we got, we had the suicide prevention lifeline up throughout the whole special on our website. We have a special website that's up to this day. Um, and people were calling into the hotline, um, tripled in calls, like the highest volume they ever had. And it wasn't because people were calling saying, I'm thinking about suicide. It wasn't that at all. It was, I'm concerned about a friend, or I think I want to talk to someone about this because someone in my family or someone in my circle, um, I, I just worry about them. What do I do? What do I say? And the hotline, you know, administrator told us this was just the most powerful thing and moving experience we've had because we felt like this special saved lives. Um, and when you're in an industry where you're telling people stories all the time, a lot of times you just wonder, like, how can I help? How can I help tell those stories? But also, how can I help society? And this is one of those things that it's the proudest moment of my life, you know, that we were able to help so many people and still to this day help so many people understand it's okay to talk about this. And some of the best things you can do from the experts on that special is just reach out and say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Are you okay? Do you want to talk? And just keep in constant touch. I've noticed you've been, you know, maybe you've been feeling a little down lately or you've just looked a little down lately. Um, just notice that and say, I'm here. I just want you to know I'm always here. And I think what something that we had Glenn Close in the special and her sister um, has struggled throughout her life with this. And Glenn said that's the best advice she could give. And her sister said it's the best thing on the other end to receive. 
So those were some pretty powerful moments because I think you're always worried about saying the wrong thing, but sometimes just saying I'm here for you and I, I want to help you is is so it's the best thing you can do. Yeah. And so what can, what do you think students can do um, when they, if they themselves are struggling or um, notice a friend or a classmate or a colleague at work um, struggling, what can they do here now in 2022? Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely reaching out and just saying I'm here for you, but also there's so many resources on campus. There's so many resources um, you know, the the hotline, that's something you can call. I think a lot of people don't understand, like you can call if you're concerned about someone and you can have, you know, a mental health expert on the line talking to you about what can I do? My friend, I'm worried about them. Um, it, it just, there's so many resources out there and so many mental health advocates. Um, but here on campus, we have our own set of resources. So I just hope people know that they're there, they're accessible. Um, you know, mental health counseling is free. Um, and it's there for, for anyone. So jumping back in time, two years, which we all know what happened two years ago, uh, the pandemic affected mental health in so many ways. And we've come so far since then in terms of recovering from the pandemic, but there definitely is a lasting mental impact. How do you think uh, the pandemic changed mental health and has changed the conversation around mental health as well? Well, I've just noticed it even in the generations, right? Like, I think that students are more open to saying, you know what, um, I think I need help and it's okay for me to ask for help. And it's okay for me to tell someone I need help. Um, when I was in college, we didn't talk about that. So that's huge progress right there. I think the pandemic brought even more of that out, more of these conversations. And it's really through media too, you know, the medium is the message. Marshall McLuhan, I'm going to give a little communication theory there. But when the media speaks about these things, we feel more comfortable. We know that it's okay to talk about these things too. So we're seeing that. I mean, you would see every news article mention mental health is declining because we're in quarantine. We're not talking to each other. We're in isolation. Um, here are some resources. Like we're all going through this together. And this is a collective, you know, this has happened a hundred years ago. So not in most of our lifetimes that we've had a pandemic that sent us into these quarantines and isolation and away from our communities um, to go through that collectively together and know that a lot of us are suffering. And still, I think I still see the conversation happening where I'm supposed to be normal now, but I feel like it's not quite normal yet. There's some comfort in knowing that, knowing you're not alone. And that's exactly what you know we could do with mental health advocacy is just say, you're not alone. I feel that too. And, you know, it's okay to talk about it. Let's talk about it so that we can find what the best solution is together. You know, whether that's seeking out help from advocates and, and experts or just talking through things with friends and trying to figure out a solution. Um, knowing you're not alone is a big part of that. Yeah. And so the special um, was incredibly well produced. Um, I've seen it and it is just I think y'all did the best job um, talking about such a difficult topic. And times have changed since then, um, but it does seem like a very universal message that even though we have gone through something collectively as an entire world, um, something very difficult, the message that we told that you said before is still relevant today. And you kind of touched on it before, but what 
have you seen be the lasting impact of the special throughout either right after it aired and even now throughout a global pandemic and now that we're on the other side of it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's really just opened the doors for other people to talk about it. Um, you know, it did something, it, it had one of the highest honors. It received an Emmy award, um, which was huge. And I always say that Emmy is so meaningful, not because of the gold statue, but because of the topic we were brave enough to talk about so openly for over an hour. No one ever talked about that on television. Like I said, people were like, we can't do that. We were told for five years, you can't do that. You can't put that on television. Like no one's going to tune into that. Um, And sometimes you have to just know it's not about who's going to tune in like number wise, but the people tuning in who needed to hear that were so important and life-changing. You know, this wasn't about ratings. We were never in it for that. This wasn't about getting an Emmy, but those things did help push it to have other people say, now we can talk about this. Now this is something that, you know, has been done and we can keep doing it. And you have to be kind of that change agent and that leader in the space um, to be vulnerable and to really put yourself out there and to push against, you know, in a lot of cases, people above you are saying, don't do it. Like, I don't think that's going to work. Um, we knew in our hearts, I mean, I'm lucky I worked with Anderson. We just knew that we had to do it. We put everything else aside and said, no matter what, we just know this will help people. And that's a really important message. I think in life, no matter what career you go into, um, and just as a human being, if you know that you can create change and help people do it, um, and, and do it the right way. I mean, we had so many, we had the, the suicide prevention lifeline, you know, experts on there. We had psychologists. We had everyday people. Um, Chester Benefield's wife from Lincoln Park spoke about that. Um, Chris Cornell had just passed away. So like there were so many people being affected by this. We knew it was important, but we had to kind of go rogue and say, you know what? We need to do this special. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to be ethical and try to be as helpful as possible. But this is important. Yeah. And the special, it does have, it is, does have that universal message of you are not alone and y'all were brave enough to say it on air, which I commend you for. Um, and so my last question kind of um, away from the special is something I've been asking everyone this week is sometimes when we're struggling, sometimes the best thing we can do is to just go somewhere that makes us feel safe and comfortable and kind of brings us back down and, and grounds us. Um, is there a place in Nashville that you have that you love going to that always um, makes you feel calm and centered. Yeah, I go to Radnor Lake as much as I can. Um, I just need to be in nature. Um, There's scientific research on walking and how the benefits of walking um, and just kind of, I don't know, just being being outside. Um, It's really important to me. I think it clears my head a lot. Um, And I think we all struggle. I mean, again, we collectively went through a global pandemic And to say that none of us had a hard time during that, I just don't believe. I think everyone had a really difficult time. So now it's even more important to like talk about these things we're going through, be vulnerable, um, help create change, be there for your friends, don't be isolated, um, but also find your, your paths, my paths at Radnor, right? Find your, your place where you can kind of clear your head and, Um, I go for walks with friends there all the time. It's like a morning ritual. Um, 
but yeah, find find your places and spaces and really um, find your friends, find your community, whoever that is, and uh, just be honest and, and have these open dialogues and be there for each other. I think that's the best we can do is what we've learned from the, the crazy two years we went through, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation. You have such a, a unique perspective um, on this topic, and we will be continuing to speak with everyone because talking, as I've heard and as you've said, can sometimes be the best medicine. Um, and if you or anyone you know is struggling, please reach out um, to the 988 new suicide hotline for help or here at Belmont reach out to the amazing counselors that we have on campus. For the Belmont Vision, I'm Sarah Manninger.